Welcome to Flip Stories Episode 5. Flip Stories is a podcast about mistakes made and lessons learned while flipping homes. And it's hosted by me, Andrew Meyer. Today, we're talking about the first flip that I bought. And I bought it at a foreclosure auction that came with a surprise occupant. I thought the property was vacant and it wasn't. And we're going to talk about what I did. You know, at the time, I had no experience with this. So we'll we'll talk about how I handled the surprise occupant. Uh, another highlight of the show is, is that this condo that I bought, it was a condo, was located above a Starbucks in a newer uh, mixed-use condo retail development. And... Because it was located over the Starbucks, I had a lot of foot traffic. A lot of foot traffic. So I tried out some silly marketing tactics. I you know, bought a listing and uh, tried to sell it myself. I was a for sale by owner. I wasn't a real estate agent. So we'll talk about some of those silly marketing tactics. Um, and before we get into uh, this episode and just talk about that flip... There's a couple housekeeping items we want to talk about. Every episode, actually every podcast that you listen to, you know, pleads with you to leave a review. And really, it's it's a way of, you know, you giving us some feedback, but more, it's so that it performs well and helps us to be found by more listeners, which is very encouraging to have listeners and getting feedback and you know and seeing you know the you know the numbers go up so really encourage you to leave us a review there's a lot of different podcasting players and companies but uh give us a review on itunes and we're going to leave a link to our itunes uh, channel in the show notes so please give us a review um number two we have a very exciting announcement i came up with this idea to provide a behind-the-scenes look at how we do uh, deal analysis. So I like to keep my talents sharp. And what does that mean? I I like to can always look up properties that are coming up for sale, that are fixer properties. I like to go and look at them. I like to take photos of them, kind of do a walkthrough, and I like to run the numbers on them very detailed you know i count windows or doors and doorknobs and i have prices for all these things just built up over the years and i like to fill out the spreadsheet um how much i think it you know the remodel is going to cost i like to run comps which are comparable cells that have sold um in a you know a small distance per uh radius around the home and I like to figure out what I could sell a property for, how much profit I would make. So I, I like to run two to three of these a month, if not more. And I do it just so it's, it's I guess it's like, you know, if you play basketball or something, like you can think about taking the shot, but there's nothing like routinely, mechanically taking the shot to stay sharp. So I like to do this. And I, you know... I thought it'd be great if I could share these deal analysis reports as I make them and, you know, if I'm submitting offers, as I'm submitting offers on them, I'm going to share these. 
and I found this website. It's called Patreon, and it allows you to have subscribers, uh, paid subscribers. And I was thought, hey, you know, if I put two to three of these deal analysis reports as I'm doing them online and let people, you know, see the MLS listing before photos, they get to see the, the you know, uh, a PDF copy of a detailed spreadsheet showing every itemized cost for remodel. You know, there might be some big issues like a foundational issue um, that comes up on this property. And it's like my estimate for uh, uh, fixing that issue. And you'll see like, you know, the, the, the costs, you know, the how many months I think it would take and the overhead costs and then the profit. So this is something that people that usually don't share is uh, these kind of numbers. So I'm going to be sharing that on this website. There'll be a link in the show notes to my Patreon channel. And I encourage you, if it's something that you're interested in, I think this is like going to be an extreme value to anyone who's either doing flips now or thinking about it or even thinking about buying their first home and remodeling it. Um, I think this can really get you ahead of the curve. So I encourage you to check that out. Um, so with that said, let's go on with the show. Um, like I said, we bought, we, me, we bought, got this one at a foreclosure auction. It was a condo located in a brand new kind of mixed use. You know, it's like retail on the bottom, shops on the bottom, and condos on the two to three stories above uh, development. And this condo was located above a Starbucks, I remember. Because I had a whole silly marketing campaign about this condo above Starbucks on uh, this, this, this town in Windsor called, and there's this plaza called the Town Green. And I think I had a website that was like, you know, condo a condo above Starbucks on the Town Green. I thought this was like could be like this great marketing tactic. So, anyways, I had scouted this property out. I'd got in inside the condo building which is like you know you have to have like a code to get inside this building i remember knocking on the door you you couldn't see into the windows because it's like you know access from an interior hallway so there's no windows but you know i was thinking like it sounds like it's you know vacant unit i had gone there multiple times over the the previous week before the sell and i was like okay this place is this place is vacant about 75 percent sure it's vacant and then i uh, so I, I bought this this property and, um, you know, the first thing I do is like, let me go leave some notes. You know, if they come home from work, I want to leave a note introducing myself. I just, you know, you know, write on the note. Hi, I just bought this property. Please give me a call. I'd like to chat. And I think for a couple days, I would go back routinely and I kept leaving new notes and the old notes were still on the door. So I was like, I'm fairly certain this is vacant. Why would someone just leave these notes on the door? So I call up a locksmith. Locksmith meets me out up, uh, out by the condo building. We go in. He drills out the locks. He's starting to you know put on the new lock. I go inside and I walk up these steps onto the first floor. And. And I'm seeing a little bit of furniture, not a lot, but a little bit. And it was confusing. It was either someone got raptured in the middle of moving out because there was like boxes, but 
but there was it, it there wasn't enough furniture that would tell you like someone had lived there for years it was so it was like either this person just dropped everything and was like you know what i'm just gonna leave i'm gonna leave this stuff behind or someone was in the process of moving out or didn't live there full time and i just got this eerie feeling so i like went up i went to the top floor it was a two-story and i went to the top floor i'm like there's a bed in here and i still wasn't buying it that someone was living there full time but i was like i need to uh, go let the locksmith know that we need to like wrap up and get out of here so the locksmith finished changing the locks i left a note on the door saying like hey uh we changed the locks we thought it was vacant but it looks like there's some stuff in here please give me a call and i can come bring you the key so i didn't get a call that night but i got a call it was either the next day or a couple days later and uh, someone was calling me like hey um so uh that's my house and you need to go drop off the key at xyz mailbox and 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 then we can discuss further after that and it was very uh you know i was very like you know i'm sorry but you know i just bought this place you know it was a mix-up i'll drop off the key and can we chat more and the guy was like well we can chat next week he's kind of trying to blow it off um and he was noticeably you know angry about it um well, not angry, but, you know, irritated that someone had changed his locks. And I'm like, I'm also confused because it's like, why is someone still living in this property after it just got foreclosed? So we're kind of both a little, you know, I'm apologetic, I'll give you the key, but we need to figure this out because I just bought this place. So long, long story short on this, we're going back and forth and the guy just did not want to meet up he kept telling me you know we need to wait a couple weeks before i'm in town and then we can meet up and i'm telling him i just bought this property and i own it now and you know if, if if you're not living there we need to like get the stuff out of there so i can you know take over the, the property so he he, he kind of keeps blowing me off so i decide you know listen i need to take some sort of eviction action here or at least post some sort of notice to start a process because this guy is not taking me serious. So I had no context. So I went down back to the auctions and I started, uh, you know, asking around like, Hey, who's, who's the guy to talk to? Who's the, who's the attorney? Who's the eviction attorney? Who's like the pro who, who can do this? And a couple guys tell me, you need to talk to Charles Jensen. Charles Jensen is a landlord only tenant. Um, landlord only attorney uh, that handles evictions and that's all he does he spent like decades doing this in sonoma county so i'm like all right i'll talk to, to charles jensen schedule a meeting and the man is like a savant he just zeroes in on exactly the the answers he needs to uh get a an eviction started and he He's kind of like the guy, it's like, if you're going to evict someone, you flip the switch. And once the switch has been flipped, he is completely zeroed in on completing the eviction. And he, man, the guy just asks yes and no questions. And he tells you, if you answer anything but yes or no, I'm going to cut you off. 
because I just need a yes and no question. And so, yes, you know, he's answering, asking questions. And, you know, some of them are like, I don't, I don't know how to answer yes or no. And you start answering with not a yes or no. And the man cuts you off and just has the worst customer service with his clients. And, you know, you're a little nervous and a little scared. And you're like, why? Like, this is my first time. Why is this guy giving me such a bad time? And uh, anyways, he was highly recommended, but he was. I was also warned that the man did not have the best uh, bedside manners. So I, I, I go through with this guy. He gives me the notices I need to post. He tells me what the next steps if, you know, if that didn't, if it, that doesn't get some sort of communication going with the, with the, the occupant in a positive direction, so I'm like, thank you. So then I go and post these notices. Next thing I know, um, the the previous owner is calling me and saying, okay, okay, now I can, now I can move out, and um, um, but it's gonna be a couple weeks. I can't move out for a couple weeks because this or that. He has some sort of, you know, he's telling me he has a job and he just can't, he just can't figure it out. So I'm like, all right, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get a moving company. Give me a bid to move your stuff to a um, storage facility of your choosing in your town. And he lives out in the Bay Area somewhere about you know, maybe like an hour away. And um, he's like, that's very interesting. He's like, so you would pay for the moving? I'm like, Yes. And so he's like, all right, well, if you get a bid, um, I think that could work. So I go, I talk to a moving company. Um, they come out, they give me a bid. They look at all the stuff he has. You know, I tell them how far it's going. They give me a bid. I'm like, all right, let's do it. I figure it's cheaper than paying for cash for keys. It's cheaper than paying for, you know, an eviction. And um, so um, we scheduled a moving date. Moving day comes up. I still hadn't stopped the eviction because I sh- I wasn't sure if it was, um, if this guy was gonna last minute say, hey, I can't move or something. But so you know, in the background, the eviction's still going, and um, it's moving day. I show up at the house. The movers are there. The previous owners there. It's a little awkward at first, but you know, we kind of you know everyone kind of warms up. <laughs> The moving company I felt think felt the most awkward because they were slowly learning the situation that they were moving this gentleman's stuff out, um, and I was the new owner. Um, but you know everyone was very professional. Um, the previous owner was by the end of the moving day, he was telling me his story. He was telling me like, hey, you know I, you know I bought this condo in better times. I had it because you know I guess he had gotten divorced, but he still wanted to visit his kids, so he would come into town stay there sometimes on weekends so he could visit with his kids his daughter and he told me you know the great recession hit and he decided to just stop making payments so i'm like all right but but the, the end of the the moving day where you know he hands me the keys and he's like good luck so then we started we started on the remodel which turns out we really didn't need to do much it was more of like a heavy cleaning and I think we, you know, we washed the carpets and did a little bit of touch-up paint. And that was really about it. It was like a heavy cleaning, you know, steam clean the carpets, heavy, do some touch-up paint here and there. 
And then my mom helped me with a little bit of light staging. There was like a little outdoor deck. We put some plants on and we're like, all right, it's ready to, it's ready to sell. So I still wasn't using real estate agents, but I found this service where you buy access to a listing and it's kind of like a for sale by owner where on the listing it tells agents and buyers to call um, the owner of the property and it gives lists your phone number. So you, you, you're kind of like a de facto agent, but you have no license. I think I bought it for like, I don't know, like 400 bucks or something. So I, I list the home and then I go about with my silly marketing campaign. So this home is listed right over Starbucks. A lot of foot traffic. There's some other retail shops around. And I think I got these signs made up put them in the windows saying for sale call this phone number and I had those up in the window I got a sandwich board made and on weekends I would do open homes open houses and on weekends it was like this part of town was like a place where there was people show up for brunch or you know show up to Starbucks and there was a lot of traffic and I'm like oh man there's all this traffic coming through. Traffic must mean buyers. So I'm going to get this sandwich board set up. And, you know, I'm just going to be having just tons of people coming through. We're going to have this sold in no time. So I got this, you know, silly little sandwich board made up with the, the details saying, like, go upstairs to this address and there's an open home. You know, I'd camp out on weekends and a lot of people would come through. But is what it turns out, it was mostly a lot of looky-loos who weren't interested in buying some were um i think in the end it was just really just a really tacky approach of trying to sell a home and i would probably never do it again but at the time i thought it was just the, the most clever thing ever and i got this you know this domain url where i was um posting all the information for the property and i was buying newspaper ads advertising this website and i just thought i was like man i'm just really nailing the marketing here i think it was 2009 man i'm just cutting edge and it's just silly looking back because really the way we found the buyer was just with the old-fashioned mls listing which where most buyers are you know looking or, or the mls feeds into all the other websites like redfin zillow I mean, they get their data from the MLS. So, I mean, that's the best, still the best way to get the word out on a home. And um, some at some point in this time, um, a buyer contacted me who was an agent and he was looking for a home for himself to live in. And this agent is someone that I, I still have a relationship with and who still, who sold my homes um for a number of years afterwards actually to this day um but we met because through this transaction and he bought the home for himself um and you know it was a great transaction you know like great communication there was no you know silly business it was just very straightforward the inspections everything about it was great and i remember at the end of the the interaction i was like you know if i was ever going to use an agent i'd probably use this guy i was like he seems to to to, to know his stuff um and um you know 
does business very cleanly, um, no issues. And it, it is, I think the lesson I learned on this one was um, the silly marketing tactics are silly. Um, MLS listing is always the best case until we develop a new system in technology. I don't think anything can beat listing a property on MLS. And then third is treat every interaction, every business interaction or really any personal reaction you ha- uh, interaction you have, um, like don't treat them as just cold transactions. Like people that you're running into on a daily basis, I mean, even if you're like a cashier at a grocery store, you're like the frontline representation of the industry of the store um and it may just seem it, it may seem just like a quick transaction or just the, the quick hi how are you doing let me take your card okay goodbye but it really isn't and, and a lot of people that you meet in some of these quicker transactions are people you may run into a lot in your life and so i'd say always treat it as if you're going to have a long-term relationship with whoever you're dealing with because more often than not, you will. And um, so, yeah, I guess that was a very strong lesson that I learned from this one was that, you know, you know, if you're dealing with a home buyer, if you're dealing with whoever, and whatever role capacity where you're running into customers on a daily basis, is slow down and don't treat it just like some cold transaction because you know you're gonna probably run into this person or whatever the interaction that you have will really be a strong statement for not just just that five second or five minute interaction but it's like it, it can it reflects a lot on the company you work for or if it's your company um so you know everyone's gonna have their bad days but try and and treat everything as if it's going to be a long-term relationship so that is episode number five and um thank you for listening once again and we look forward to keep putting these out so uh keep on supporting us and and uh you know sharing with friends and you know leaving us reviews on itunes and um until the next one thanks a lot everyone